McShane Bible Study, day 250 and 251, and we're starting the book of 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel 1, uh, news comes from Amalekite uh, to David of Saul and Jonathan's death and the defeat of Israel to the Philistines. And uh, the, the guy makes up a story saying that he killed uh, Saul, thinking he, he's thinking he's going to get rewarded for this, right? And instead, David says, why would you kill the Lord's anointed and kills him? And, uh, and then uh, he, he inquires of the Lord again. Lord, okay, this is a big event, right? I know you told me a long time ago I was going to be king. Well, now the king is dead. So what do you want me to do? And the Lord says, go to Hebron. Well, what is Hebron? Do you know? I don't know. Hebron is, is the I place. Like the word Hebrew came from that. No, no. Hebrew came from the word Eber. Uh, it's believed. It's that's a theory. But uh, who's the oldest living relative of Abraham when he when Abraham was born? Um, but Hebron was a place that Abraham bought the field to bury Sarah, and then he was buried there, and that's where uh, you know his son was buried, and then grandson, uh, Joseph, wanted his bones brought back there, right? Uh, it's still today a, a burial place. And, um, the, the, you know, they're, um, you can't, you, uh, we can't. I, when I went there, I couldn't go down into the tomb. But uh, they have kind of big elaborate things that are like pretend, pretend burial things. But they're, you know, but that's anyways. That's Hebron. So that that, so where does God have David go, back, to the place of the patriarchs? You see that, back mm -hmm. to the old way. The old Abraham's the father of faith, mm -hmm. right? If David's if a king is going to be if David's going to establish a kingdom for the Lord, he wants it based on the original way that he had set up through Abraham. And so he goes there, but uh, most of Israel disagrees. Uh, Abner is the, is the general for Saul, and he makes uh, the son, what's his name, Ishbosheth or something like that? Ishbosheth is made king um, because he's the son of Saul, so Abner makes him king. And so then they're fighting, and then there's the battle of Gibeon, and they, they fight each other, and I'm not going to get into those details. Next, we're doing 1 Corinthians 12 and 13. And you want to ask your question again? Does everyone have a spiritual gift? So, yes, this is a chapter on spiritual gifts. And he, he starts talking about how God gives a variety of gifts to us. And he does. He makes each one of us completely unique in his house. Each one of us is a particular manifestation of his eternal glory that can only be expressed through us. And so he's made us to hold that. And the the fullness of his glory is only known in the earth when we fully give ourselves to him in that. And so he expresses that through who we are and the gifts that he gives us. And Paul's point in this chapter is to say that he he uses all of us together to express his glory in the earth. 
as as all these things come together, who we are and how he works through us all come together, right? Mm-hmm. And he establishes leadership, and he talks about those gifts, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, teachers, goes through and talks about different ones. Um, but he says all these are used to build God's house in the world, right? And And then he goes on in 13, and he says that... These are all useless without love, that we have to know God's love. That it's a, a core of God's order in the world. That everything else is completely useless and, and uh, of no good if it's mm-hmm. not based in God's love, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then he goes on to talk about maturity. He sees these things, uh, verse 11, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. He says, at the beginning, these things are just concepts to us. But as we grow and mature, we become transformed. And mm-hmm. we more enter into the reality of these things. And he says, there's a far greater reality waiting for us as we continue to grow into him. He says, we can see dimly now, but the fullness of this life is awaiting us. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're at Ezekiel 10 and 11, and he's can, can, he's in, still in this vision where he'd been taken to Jerusalem, and he prophesies to people, and by the end of 11, he gets taken back to Chaldea, Babylonia, and uh, the vision ends, and then he's talking to the people there, right? So what was your question? Mm. Could they hear him? So yeah, what I, the way I interpret this, and it's a little confusing. So um, I interpret this to mean he was literally taken there, teleported. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I don't know. Because, I mean, he's he's also, like, having these experience, throne room experience, right? Where you've seen all the cherubim and everything. Um, so it could all be a vision. And in the vision he spoke, because he speaks to a man, the man dies, right? He gives a hard word to the man, and the man dies. You know, and he says, uh, you know, he tells him to speak these people. He says they're wicked. The time They say things like, the time is not near to build houses. The city is the cauldron, and we are the meat. Therefore, prophecy against them, O son of man. That does not sound safe. Yeah, and, he's, and he says, because uh, because God has removed these people, and he's told them, look, if you just serve the Babylonians, you'll be okay. But they kept going after. So earlier in this vision, we had the people... Um, who were seeking after all these idols, right? Mm-hmm. So that was one way of not following the Lord. Here, we he shows them these people that they're making their own schemes. They're they're depending on their own strength to find their own way. Mm-hmm. And God says that's every bit as evil, mm-hmm. right? And so He says prophecy against them. The guy dies. So. You know, I, I don't know. Did 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 he prophesy to his face or did he prophesy in the spirit and then the man died? I, I guess that's probably most likely. Um, going down to 13, Ezekiel eleven thirteen, And it came to pass while I was prophesying that 
Peltia, the son of Beniah, died. Then I fell down on my face and cried out with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord God, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? He's upset. Like, he didn't want the guy to die. But, and he says, you know, are you going to destroy everybody? There's not many of us left. But, and, and he thought, you know, that this is one of the leaders. He thought he should be one of the ones that should be still around, right? And he says, God says, son of man, your brothers, even your brothers, your kinsmen, the whole house of Israel, all of them are those of whom the inhabitants of Jerusalem have said, go far from the Lord. To us, this land is given for possession. So he says, these people that are left in Jerusalem, they think you people that have been sent off into the wilderness of Babylon are like forever gone from the Lord. He says, however, 16, therefore say, thus says the Lord God, though I remove them far off among the nations and though I scattered them among the countries, yet I have been a sanctuary to them for a while in the countries where they have gone. So he's saying, even though you are in Jerusalem, you are in the land that God gave your forefathers, you have the temple there still. Mm -hmm. You <clears throat> are not acting like my people. You're presenting yourselves as such, but you're not that. Judge, final judgment will still come on you. They have been separated from these things for a while, and they are treating me like their God, and they being my people, and I will bless them, right? Mm -hmm. Going down to 19 says, and I will give them one heart. So Jeremiah is famous for very similar verses to this, but you can see it's also in Ezekiel. And because it's, it's very, although he is going to bring these people back to the promised land, this mm -hmm. is very much a, a new covenant prophecy, right? And I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they will walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God, right? He says, I want a people that, Follow after my ways, that learn my ways, that obey my ways. Walk with me and I will bless them in every way. He says, however, 21, but as for those whose heart goes after their detestable things and their abominations, I will bring their deeds upon their own heads, declares the Lord God. In other words, they've chosen the curse. They will get the curse. Mm -hmm. Right? <clears throat> All right. So that's, you know, again, this is all these things. It, it was talking about the people at that time. It's also talking about an end times people. And we're finishing in John 11 and 12. John 11 is the death of Nazareth. They come and they give him word. Death of Nazareth? Sorry, Lazarus. Uh, and, uh, and Jesus uh, answered him. Are there not, because they said, you can't go there, they're trying to kill you, right? He says, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. So what light is he talking about? Is he talking about daytime? No. What's he talking about? Himself? Yeah, he's talking about following the will of God, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to see in the next chapter, he's going to describe himself as the light. But mm -hmm. while doing that, what he's doing is he's saying, I'm obeying the Lord. The Lord is telling me that now is time to go. When we left, the Lord was telling me to leave. 
So you're seeing, you're sitting there thinking it's dangerous to be there because last time we were there, it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. But last time we were there, the father said to leave. But now the father's telling me to go, so it's dangerous to not go, mm-hmm. right? What's dangerous is going our own way. Mm-hmm. What's safe is following the will of the Lord, right? And um, he goes, of course, he raises uh, Lazarus from the dead. Um, and, and I guess 22 is still in that process. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. This is Martha talking to him. So on one hand, she's got an incredible faith because her brother's just died. And she's saying, even, even now I know God will give you whatever you want. And yet she isn't open to the possibility that he would raise her brother from the dead. You see that? She has faith. She's, she's a very a faithful statement. But she doesn't, she's not open to the possibility of all that Jesus might be able to do. Oh. So for us, it's important that we have faith. It's important that we be open, that he might move in, in ways that go beyond our imagination. Right? Mm-hmm. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, Yet shall he live, and everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God. But she's still not grabbing hold of it, right? But he says, I am the resurrection. I am the way into a new life. Mm -hmm. If you believe in me, you go beyond death, right? You come into an eternal life in me. he's He's saying, do you? Can you grab hold of that? Mm-hmm. And uh, 37. But some of them said, could not he have opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? So again, they kind of believed, but they couldn't, they couldn't imagine what he was about to do. Jesus 40. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Mm-hmm. He's saying, look, belief, faith. Mm-hmm. It's an entryway to something more than what you're grabbing hold of so far. 50, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one... So this is Caiaphas, right? Caiaphas had the office of high priest. Mm -hmm. So he's not one that we go around thinking of as a prophet. I don't think he described himself that way. But here he says, he's teaching the other Pharisees, nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Mm-hmm. Of course, Jesus did die for the people, right? Mm-hmm. So that we, so that a whole nation of people, the nation being the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. right? That we would not perish because he was our sacrifice, right? So standing in the office of the high priest that God had established, he is prophesying exactly who Jesus is and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You see that? There's mm-hmm. a bit of a handover, just as John was the handover from the uh, the law and the prophets to Jesus, we see that from the the high priest here that the priesthood is being transferred from the order of uh, of the priest of Leviticus of sorry of Levi. Waking up at two fifteen is making me <laughs> stumble on words today. I had a great time with the Lord in bed from two to four. <laughs> but brain's not firing in all cylinders. Um, but so he's handing off the priesthood. Like Jesus is our high priest under the order of Melchizedek, right? The high priest here is 
handing off, he doesn't realize this, but he's handing off the, or, the, the priesthood from mm-hmm. Levi to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then John 12, uh, Mary anoints Jesus with her hair and the oil. And, uh, and then we see uh, Greeks. So you asked about the Greeks. I, I, these, they came to Jerusalem for the feast. So these were Jews who lived in the Greek world. They dressed like the Greeks. They probably spoke Greek as a first language. But they still knew they were Jews and they were coming back to um, the, you know, the, and there could be some non-Jewish Greeks who had just said, oh, you're, you know, your law of Moses is wise. We're going to become like you, you know, we're going to follow this way. But they were coming to Jerusalem for the Passover. And verse 24 says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So he's explaining himself. Mm-hmm. He's explaining the life of every son of God, right? Mm-hmm. That we die to ourself. That the new life of God can, can take hold, both in us and around us, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever, and, and so, of course, Jesus penultimately died so that life could take hold in all of us, right? Mm-hmm. 25, whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Mm-hmm. Because if you live for your life in this world, if you live for Legos, you just get Legos. He says, if you live for me, you are mm-hmm. filled with eternal life. 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So he says to serve, we can't say we're serving him if we're not following him. Mm-hmm. It's an active life, right? It's not a one-time declaration. It's an actual walking down this path of following him. And he says, then where I am, in living in this eternal life, this eternal mm-hmm. existence, there will my servant be. So we come into this life. That's the whole point. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. And then as we do this, as we live this life, the Father, the creator of all, is honoring us, is blessing us, because we're given our entire life for him. See that? 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. So just as he's taking over the position of high priest from Mm -hmm. that old order, He's taking over position of rulership and authority in the spiritual realm over Satan, who Adam had given the keys to, right? Mm-hmm. He said, Satan's going to be thrown out. He's not going to have, he, he still has, there's, there, we're in a time of conflict, right? The, eventually Satan will be locked away. That's not happened yet, but he's thrown, Jesus has authority over him now. Right? Mm-hmm. And so Satan still controls the world and those who live according to the ways of the world. But now for those who live under his, Jesus' way, he has no authority anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. Jesus has taken that, that authority over. 35. So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he's going. 
While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. So he is the light. As we walk in his light, obey his ways, just as he described in the last chapter, that he described, he followed the father's direction. And this was walking in the light. As we follow the father, Jesus's direction, we are walking in light. And as we walk this pattern life, we mature as sons of God. Um, okay, verse 43. For they love the glory that comes from, the, from man more than the glory that comes from God. So the, the, the Pharisees didn't follow Jesus, even though he was something they had never seen before. They always proclaimed that they were waiting for it. But they love their own status in life more than the glory of God. They love people thinking that they were wise and powerful and important rather than wanting the truth of God, whatever that meant for them. 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. So if there's this epic battle, Satan controls this world of darkness. Jesus says, I am the light following me brings you into this light, this eternal life that is above and beyond anything in this world, right? And uh, we're about entering one of my favorite sections of the Bible, but I think that's it for today. You have anything else? Mm, no. God bless you. God bless you.